Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Live podcast series, where we tackle the biggest challenges faced in today's product management, product marketing, and other market and data-driven professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Calagiris, Vice President of Marketing and Sales at Pragmatic Institute, and your host for this episode. The September box of the month is all about events, and love them or hate them, they're an important part of how we interact with them. Now, maybe for those of you who hate them, it's because you're thinking about the long hours of carnival barking at trade shows or the wasted hours and dollars on trade shows without a lot of ROI tracking ability. Or maybe we hate them because we're not thinking about them quite the right way. So to help us think about them a little bit differently, we have Georgina Canning. Hi, Georgina. Hello. Hi. So Georgina is an online community builder and strategist. She builds online collaboration spaces for all types of users, from employees and partners to customers and even fellow community organizers. And I always think that's amazing to be a community organizer for community organizers, because talk about people who are judging you. Uh, <laughs> so these spaces allow people to come together and, with common priorities and goals. And one other way that she helps expand these are with events. So Georgina, tell us a little bit more about your background and what brings you here today. Yes, I am happy to. Um, so, um, as Rebecca said, I work in building online communities. Um, and online communities you can kind of think about as uh, a virtual meeting space, uh, a town hall or a town center, right? Where you can come and um, meet all sorts of different people there and exchange um, information, right? And so this is all happening virtually in an asynchronous environment. Right? And so my job um, is to help build those town halls um, in a way that is the most valuable for everybody that is participating there. Right? So for, for folks that are listening um, who don't know what an online community is, um, I think you do know what an online community is. Um, you just might not have called it that before. Um, so if you want a live example, um, you can take a look at the Apple forums so the Apple forums are a product support community uh, where fellow Apple product customers create device solutions for one another, right? You could also take a look, um, it's a little bit different. Um, it's called the Sephora Beauty Insider Community. And so this is a really excellent example um, of a product marketing community uh, where members are exchanging tips and tricks and reviews um, about the different um, beauty and skincare products that they have, right? Um, and so both of those communities um, are kind of um, looked to regularly by the industry as, as ones we really like. Um, so no matter what kind of community you're working with, um, you are always really going to be moving towards the goal of facilitating um, everyone there to share kind of their lessons learned, um, building trust, curating really high quality resources for everybody. Um, and one of the ways that we do that um, in the community management world is by having online events, right? And so these might be, these are always online events, but they might be asynchronous, but they also might be live, right? And it, so it kind of depends um, on what you're trying to achieve for your community, right? And there's there's lots of different, you know, they are events, but they're not your traditional um, trade show or even necessarily meetup. So they're a little bit more creative. So just for our listeners, asynchronous 
Can you define that for them? Yeah, sure. Um, so asynchronous would be maybe an event um, in an online chat space uh, that runs for a week, right? Um, and so it does have kind of a defined time period, um, but it allows participants um, to span multiple time zones um, or other commitments that they might have, right? So they can kind of stop in and participate over a longer um, span of time. So you don't have to be participating in the event at the same time. It allows you to have sort of communication asynchronously. Correct. Yeah. All right. So again, a little bit different than some of the traditional events, but so much uh, a growing part of how we interact with our market and how they're looking to interact with us. So talk a little bit more about some of these types of asynchronous or even synchronous virtual events that you see as part of your community that you've gotten a lot of value out of. Yeah, happy to. Um, so I think that this is one of the most fun um, parts of building communities for people because really what you're doing is you are, um, you're putting together activities for them, um, things to engage in, almost like a game, right? Um, and so a popular one that folks might be familiar with more than the others um, are AMAs. Um, it stands for Ask Me Anything. And generally, um, there will be one host who is an expert, um, perhaps a celebrity or high-level thought leader. Um, maybe they've accomplished something relevant recently. Um, and that person will field questions from the rest of the community um, for a set period of time. Um, and these have been made popular by Reddit. Um, Reddit's Ask Me Anything um, you know, has had some really big guests, right? So you know, Obama and uh, Ellen DeGeneres and, you know, all sorts of different people, right? Um, another one that I really like, um, I call a show and tell program um, or event, often referred to as round robin as well. And so in this dynamic, maybe you would have people on the phone, maybe they would be having it in kind of a chat space, but you suggest a topic um, and then each of the participants shares with you an example, a rundown, a, a mini case study, um, or even a screenshot, um, if it's relevant, of the way that they approached that topic, right? So maybe it's um, win-loss reports, right? We're doing a show and tell of the specific interview questions that we ask, um, the lessons learned from how we do it. Um, you know, how we have gotten to that space and what we plan to do in the future, right? And all of that is condensed into a 10-minute show and tell. Um, and you kind of go around the group or the, you know, the small panel that you have, everybody shares it, right? Um, another example uh, that's very different, but, but I like quite a bit, is um, office hours or a coffee chat kind of thing. Um, an open house, you might call it, right? And so you can title these however you want. But the concept here is that you, uh, you have a space that you as the facilitator are holding for the group for maybe an hour, uh, maybe two hours, and people can drop in and drop out as they please, right? And so for an hour, um, you know, once a month, once a week, however the cadence plays out, um, you will be there chatting about whatever they want to talk about, right? And maybe you have a resident expert that's going to be there for that hour. People get to stop by, ask a question, and then take on, 
um, or hang around and, and vent for the entire time, right? I've seen that too. Um, so lots of different kind of creative ways to think about events. Great. Okay. So just to clarify before we go any further, do you have to do a, do you have to have a community in place to do these type of events? Absolutely not. Well, that's a, a firm, clear answer. I like it. <laughs> um, I am a huge advocate for um, people taking some of the lessons that have been learned um, and hard won by community managers and community management professionals and adapting those uh, to their needs as well, right? And so I think that this kind of beg, borrow, steal um, gets a bad rap. Um, and I think that sharing is caring. So I think that um, these absolutely apply as approaches and tactics beyond the world of online community. Great. All right. So now that anyone can do these, well, not anyone, but, um, well, can anyone do these? <laughs> I think anyone with an internet connection. Oh, well, that <laughs> well, hopefully that's everyone. Well, it'd be hard to listen if you don't have one, but I guess it's possible. Okay. So I don't need a community. Anyone with an internet connection can run one of these. What should they think about why they run it? Yep. Um, so I think that, I think that the, the bigger thing to think about is using the right tool for the job, right? So it really depends what exactly you're trying to achieve from this kind of event. Right. So, um, you know, a few um, different examples of how different kinds of online events will serve different purposes. Right. So if your goal was to, um, you know, make sure um, you were communicating some real deep accessibility and transparency and authenticity for your brand, um, a Q&A session um, and an ask me anything session with your organization's leader, um, maybe someone in the C-suite, maybe someone who's in a particularly visible role there um, is a really great option, right? And I have seen this used as a crisis plan as well, right? It's a crisis response. Um, so maybe there's you know a little bit of uneasiness in your market you're trying to quell, um, or maybe you've just hired a new person in your C-suite and you wanna introduce them to the market, right? All of those reasons, um, are really good reasons to choose the AMA session, right? And you can do that via webinar. You could do that via social media site. You could do that um, via a blog, right? You could have people email in their questions and then type them up and, and send them out after you collect them all, right? Um, these are all ways that you can do it without having an active online community space, right? Um, one caveat here, um, is that you have to be honest, otherwise you shouldn't bother doing it at all, right? So maybe I lied when I said that anybody can do this because if, uh, if you're not prepared to um, be, you know, at least, if, at least address everything that comes in, um, then it's a little tricky because, you know, if you market and pitch the event as a candid conversation, um, you have to prepare your leader um, who, who's hosting the event um, to live up to that. Right. Um, so to, to kind of contrast that, right, maybe that's not what you want to do. Maybe those aren't your goals right now. Maybe instead your goals are to um, just generate really deep connection between your customers, right? Um, you want to have some real good loyalty. 
Um, you want to help them build relationships with you and with one another. Um, for that, I would say that a round robin call is really good, right? That kind of um, show and tell uh, style um, call or chats or um, whatever medium you're using for it, right? Um, and, and that's really valuable for those goals because they tend to be smaller events, actually, um, which makes them less formal and thereby a little bit more intimate, right? Um, and so there's less pressure and more frankness. Um, and that is kind of the recipe for a higher degree of bonding, right? And, and your knowledge is gonna come from multiple point of views instead of the knowledge all coming out of a single host or expert or leader as with the other example, right? Um, so I, I think that the high level takeaway here um, is that you wanna first start with what you're trying to achieve and then get really creative about how you can craft a unique event for your brand uh, that can help you get there. Makes perfect sense. So I see, I think you're being really clear about thinking about what you're trying to accomplish to make sure it delivers value for you. But you talked a little bit too about the AMAs and making sure that the promise to the market is what you deliver on. What other value as you're crafting the event, not only knowing your goals, but what should you be thinking about in terms of delivering value to the attendees themselves? Yeah. Um, so I would say that um, you want to you want to be really thoughtful about what your attendees' needs are. Um, and so I think that there is, there's no such thing as doing too much prep work. Um, and there's no such thing as being too thoughtful, right? And so if you've ever attended a really fabulous party, right, or, or live event, um, or maybe it's a birthday or a celebration of some sort, right? Um, maybe it's a, a luxurious dinner at a fancy restaurant. Um, regardless, it was probably effortlessly enjoyable for you because your host or your organizer put a ton of work in up front um, to anticipate your needs um, and think about how they could make the best possible experience for you, right? Um, and so you want to really give it the attention it deserves. Um, and this is a little high level. I'll give you an example of this. So when I, uh, when I graduated, uh, my family took me out for a really nice meal to celebrate, right? And we sat down and the, um, the host of the restaurant handed us napkins and they gave me a black napkin and they gave my father a white napkin. And I kind of raised my eyebrow like, why do these people have mismatched napkins? I thought this was a really nice place. Um, what's happening here? And so I asked the maitre d' and he told me that I was given a dark napkin because I was wearing a dark dress and my father got a light napkin because he was wearing khaki pants and they didn't want the pill of a contrasting colored napkin to be shown on any of our clothing, right? Which is, which is just an extreme degree of thoughtfulness, right? Something that we didn't even know that we needed <laughs> that had been solved for us before it even arose, right? And that's kind of, um, that's kind of an above, above board um, extravagant example. These people were really, really thinking hard about this. Um, but the message carries through that you want to over deliver and you want to surprise and deliver. 
as best possible. Awesome. All right. So we talk about the value we want, the goals, what we're going to deliver to them thinking ahead, right? Giving them um, either information they seek or opportunities to interact with people, um, all of those different things. What other, what other value can these type of events bring either to the attendee or the organization? Um, I would say that, um, you know, I know that everybody here listening has been to a webinar. And webinars are wonderful, right? They're a really um, effective type of virtual event. Um, but I know you all have experience with those already, and you all know that your audience has experience with those already. So my, my big takeaway here is go explore some variants, right? Because that is going to inject some freshness uh, into uh, your brand and your, the way that your audience is interacting with you, right? And so giving them something that's just a little bit different um, while still kind of maintaining, um, you know, authenticity and consistency um, is a huge amount of value to kind of shake things up. Great. All right, so what are some best practices? We've decided we're gonna do an event. Uh, we've got everyone on board. We've got people to participate. We know what we're trying to accomplish, what they wanna get out of it. What other best practices can you share? Um, that's a great question. Uh, so we touched on a few kind of tips and tricks along the way of chatting about this, but some kind of, um, you know, key uh, takeaways that I have learned is that overstaffing is always better than understaffing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you always want to have more people than you really need. Um, and I know that it's tempting to try to kind of do this by yourself and, you know, especially if it's a new kind of creative approach that your organization is taking, um, you kind of think, okay, let's do a pilot program. Um, but it's, it's easy to, to cut it off at the knees. So do give it the attention that it deserves. Um, I think another big thing is to hoard up extra content. Right, so the big fear is that when you are hosting an event, no one will show up um, or no one will say anything and it'll be awkward for everyone and it'll just be really challenging, right? Um, so I spent a long time um, hosting um, and supporting hosts of, uh, you know, thought leaders um, group calls, right? These kinds of um, panel-based discussions or presentations and we were always worried that we were going to run out of questions. Like, oh, we have we have five questions to ask people on the call. Um, but what if what if they don't like any of those? What if they what if we answer all those in two minutes and then we have nothing, right? So we would always hoard up extra content to avoid dead air. Um, and we would also put plants in the audience. So you send someone a note and say, Hey, I'm running this new program. I need a little bit of help. Um, it shouldn't take too long. Will you attend this event and, and ask? A question or two, right? And people are always very happy to support you. So that's a that's a good way to do it. Um, and then my last big big takeaway is to just roll with the punches, uh, because something always goes wrong every single time. Something goes wrong, and so I think that it's best to be prepared to be unprepared, right? Um, and it actually will work out in your favor because a snafu plus self-awareness equals authenticity, 
right? And and we want to remind people that we're just human. Um, and that's kind of where the the trust um, comes from. And then that in turn um, encourages the, the audience and your participants to be a little bit more candid and, and add a little bit more um, than they might have otherwise. But I think sometimes uh, the fear with the event, it's so visible. And it feels like it's got to be perfect. So we can almost plan ourselves into a corner, right? Yeah. Where it, it's always on the to-do list, but there's too many open questions. And I think to your point, you just try it. And you can open up um, who you tell about it, right? So you can invite a, a, a trustier group of friends first and then make it bigger and bigger as it goes through. And some people love to be on the ground floor of something that even if it's a little rough around the edges, they can see the potential and they get to feel like they were part of forming it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I also think that that kind of lends itself to, you know, we have generally we have a hesitance to ask people for help because we think we're being a burden, right? And saying, oh, would you mind doing me this favor? Right. You're kind of going into it in an apologetic way. Right. But then on the flip side, if you think about, you know, has a neighbor asked you to borrow a cup of sugar or your lawnmower recently? right? And has a friend asked you to um, read over their resume, maybe, right? And when someone asks you for a favor like that, do you feel burdened or do you feel kind of special for being asked? Do you feel like you are enjoying the opportunity to be valuable to someone that you care about? Um, so I think that that's kind of a, a deeper idea to remember is that people like to be asked for favors sometimes as long as you're not um, too presumptuous with it. So this is a really good opportunity um, to test that theory. Awesome. All right, so we've talked about lots of different things. If you wanted people to do two things differently tomorrow based on what we talked about today, or like for the first two things you want them to do in live events, what would it be? Um, the first thing would be be creative and get outside of the box. And the second thing will help you do the first, um, and that's go attend some. Go be an audience member and take some notes, right? And try to, try to dig up some events that are a little more out of the box than webinars um, or live events, right? No one wants any more trade shows than they have to. So go explore some variants um, and then use that experience of what it feels like to be an audience member uh, to decide what, what might work for your organization. Great. All right. Well, Georgina, it was absolutely great talking with you today. I hope people today learned a little bit different about some virtual events, thought of different ways they might be able to think about events and leverage them to meet their own goals and to interact more with the market. Um, and I hope that you will join us again sometime. Thank you very much. I hope so as well. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your products, your company, and your career.